Again, my name's Rachel. If we haven't met before, I'm one of the pastors here. So, um, and kids, I'm glad that you're staying with us because Christmas Eve is about a person that is much closer to your age than my age now. And, oh, thank you. It's all, uh, we're, it's the eve of baby Jesus' birthday. <laughs> Who's the smallest baby we have in here right now? Is that baby Hazel? I think baby Hazel over there. Sorry. Hey, shout out baby Hazel. Baby Jesus is smaller than baby Hazel <laughs> when he was born. It's pretty amazing. Crosby's, uh, he's a little behind, but um, he's a little big. Um, so we, I'm just excited to be here with you um, celebrating. Um, I love Christmas Eve. I've mentioned this before, but eight years ago, I was very much pregnant with my first daughter, Naomi. She was due on the 23rd, but decided to wait a day to make it extra special and come on December 24th. And while I was pregnant with Naomi during the Advent season, I really related to Mary, the mother of Jesus. I could imagine her full-bellied, back-aching, nervous, excited, and most definitely scared because she was in a new town without familiar faces surrounding surrounding her. We don't even know if she had a midwife that was called when she went into labor. I had doctors and nurses and modern medicine, but she, a young woman, a teenager from Nazareth, traveled to her betrothed's hometown of Bethlehem and gave birth to her first child in unknown conditions and placed him in a manger, a feeding trough for livestock. And he just happens to be the son of God. My baby girl went straight into a little plastic sterile box and uh, was safe. You want to see a picture of this is baby Naomi. Uh, look at that. She's got her little knit hat from some little grandma that knits all the hats for all the newborns. But Christmas Eve isn't all about my baby. <laughs> it's all about the baby boy that changed the trajectory of the world. It's about God himself humbling himself enough to come to earth as a human, a real human like you and me. So kids, let me see your arms. Can you wave your arms? See, yeah, you have real human arms. That's a human arm. And what about your feet and your legs? Stomp your feet. Yep, you're human. Okay, and let's do Eden's favorite. That's my littlest. She, where's your nose? Right here. Boop. <laughs> where's your nose? Oh, I see you, Davey. I see you, Eden. Jesus was a real live human, just like that. He's got arms, legs, and a nose. Um, it's just amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, Jesus, the Son of God, the God who created the whole universe, is a real live person. And Christmas is the day we celebrate his coming to be with us on our little planet Earth. It's a really big deal. This was God's whole plan all along, to be near his people, to be with us. So let's read the whole story of how Jesus came to this planet in Luke 2. And kids, you're going to need your angel wings for this, because we're going to have a little interaction um, with the story as I read it. I'll have you repeat some of the angel lines when we get to it. So you just got to listen up, and I'll let you know when to stand up. So listen along or read along with me as we do Luke chapter 2. Reading is the best. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus 
decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth and Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. Okay, kids, can you stand up? Any angels in the room? I see you. Ooh, yeah. All right, Dylan. Kids at heart, you're welcome to stand. All right, so let me read this, and I'll tell you what to repeat. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. All right, stand up, angels. Are you ready? We're going to shout, don't be afraid, at the count of three. So on the count of three, don't be afraid. One, two, three. Don't be afraid! Awesome. Keep standing. There's more. There's more. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. So let's shout together, I bring you good news. On the count of three. One, two, three. Three, I bring you good news. Okay, keep standing. Uh, okay, here we go. Okay. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, Praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So we're going to shout, glory to God in highest heaven. You ready? One, two, three. Glory to God in highest heaven. That was a long one. And now let's shout, and peace on earth. Ready? One, two, three. And peace on earth. Awesome job. You guys can sit down. Woo! a bunch of angels out there. So when the angels had returned to heaven or sat down in their seats, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Wow, what an entrance for a baby. Yeah, angels are actually real. Another name for Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us here on this earth 
God's kingdom breaking in and through the birth of his son and changing everything. The way God's people operated before with only access to God through the temple where he lived to now God's people have direct access because he came to be with us. The prophet Isaiah prophesies this about Jesus in Isaiah 9, way before Jesus was born. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There's a, you know, that's a couple more names for Jesus. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those feel like really powerful names to me. I don't necessarily think of like tiny baby Jesus wrapped up in swaddling cloths when I hear the name Mighty God, do you? Like nowadays, it's sort of in vogue to name babies like the vintage names, like my grandparents' names, like maybe Baby Frank. But it's really hard to envision Baby Frank. <laughs> Do you start calling Baby Frank Baby Frank? And eventually it makes sense. But like when I think about Baby Jesus, a tiny Baby Jesus is Mighty God. It takes repeating that name over and over for it to really sink in. A favorite artist of mine, Scott Erickson, that I've referenced in the prayer room this month, actually. Um, he's also known as Scott the Painter on his social channels. He wrote a book called Honest Advent. And within it, he shares images along with daily reflections to read throughout Advent. I highly recommend you pick this book up and your future December 2024 self will thank you later. So I want to share an image of his with you now that in particular gets at the seemingly contradictory name for baby Jesus, Mighty God. Erickson writes alongside this image, and listen up kids, this is deep stuff. He says, if you live long enough, your life will begin and end with someone wiping your butt. I'll say it again. If you live long enough, your life will begin and end with someone wiping your butt. Erickson goes on to comment, from vulnerability to vulnerability we live. That is to say, weakness will be a companion throughout our lives. We start off our lives as babies in complete need of another human's assistance in order for us to live. Jesus, God incarnate, came as a baby and relied on his own creation to care for him, to tend his needs, to feed him, nurture him, change his diaper. God comes to be with us in a state of complete vulnerability. Quite the change from what our typical picture of what a mighty God might look like. He's showing us a way of life that doesn't rely on this world's power and authority structures. He's showing us a way that is intimately aware of our human vulnerabilities, our need for one another. He was born a baby that needed milk from his mother he grew up needing his parents' guidance and instruction. When he's an adult, we read about him uh, opening himself up to relationships, his friendships, loving his friends and letting them know him deeply, even when he knew one of them would betray him. 
He made himself vulnerable throughout his life. He's God with us, showing us the way of true life. Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. We are to love each other and lay our lives down for our friends. That's a different kind of mighty. We learn to humble ourselves like Jesus. I think Jesus came this way and lived this way because he knew that we humans, we would need someone who's intimately acquainted with all of the pain of this world. Someone who understands the risks of heartbreak and still chooses to open himself up. Many of us are in hard places right now. You know, their family dysfunction is just all the more highlighted during the holidays. You know, there's some of us feel alone or some of us ha are just in like a deep sadness. I would say to all of us, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And that's not to make light of incredibly hard situations. It's meant to be a sign of hope. Jesus coming is good news, and it brings great joy to all people, real deep joy, a joy you can feel deep down in your bones, that it carries you. We hear a lot about joy in the Bible and its intersection with grief. That's why we focus on, on it on one of the weeks of Advent. Um, one instance of this is um, when Jesus is an adult, he explains to his friends that he will be going away and they'll be incredibly sad, but he will see them again and their joy will return. He equates it to being like a pregnant woman and says it this way in John 16. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like, it will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. While I was pregnant with Naomi, that stretching and growing and the pain in that third trimester was real. And yet, for the joy set before me of seeing my child come into the world, I endured the pain of giving birth to her. <laughs> While she, when she was laid down in my arms, my anguish gave away to joy. And, and again, really, I'm not trying to um, explain away anguish or grief. Those things are real. What I am saying is that Jesus, our Jesus, knows those feelings acutely and he is with you. And he promises that he will return again. And no one can rob you of that joy. He came to the world as a gift to us. We have to receive him. Do you want to receive him and live in his love? Remember when I, um, I read about Jesus telling us to love one another and to lay our lives down for our friends? Well, earlier in that passage... He has an invitation to us. He says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy 
may be in you and that your joy may be complete. His joy will be in us as we remain in his love and his joy completes our joy. Joy isn't something that we like conjure up. It's when we're nestled in his love, when we've accepted the gift that he gives, which is his whole self, that our joy is made complete. It's his gift to us. If you haven't accepted this gift yet, there's no greater time than today. It's not his way to push himself onto you. He has come to be with you and invites you to receive him. He stands at the door and knocks, and would you welcome him in? I'd love to stop here for just a minute and pray. If you've felt a stirring in your heart, or maybe you felt like some butterflies in your belly, I think that maybe that's the Holy Spirit moving and inviting you to accept Jesus' invitation to walk into your world, to be the gift you've been waiting for. So would you all pray with me? And if this invitation is for you, pray this quick prayer along with me in your mind. Dear Jesus, I accept you as the king of my heart and my life. Just as you gave your whole self to me, I give my whole self to you. Thank you for coming to be with me and leading in the way of love. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, would you make sure to tell me or one of the prayer team members or someone you came with just so we can celebrate with you. That's something to celebrate. The day Jesus was born into the world, he completed the prophecies that were foretold about him, of his coming. When we remain in his love, his joy in us completes our joy, and he will come again and once again bring completion, and we will live in his kingdom come, his will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. For now, though, we wait. We wait, and we celebrate God with us. One way we like to celebrate here at Vineyard Covington is with lighting candles. So worship team, why don't you start to make your way up? Another prophecy of Isaiah about Jesus being born says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. When we light the candle, it's remembering that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He is Emmanuel, God with us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, and the light of the world. We light this last candle of Advent, the Christ candle, to represent um, the light that the son brought into the world when he was born a little baby, God in the flesh. He came to be with us. We're going to sing Silent Night. 
And we'll, as we light one another's candles and watch the light spread throughout the room, it's a beautiful metaphor for the light that each of us carries and shares with others. Would you stand with me now, if you're able? During the song, I'll start lighting from the front. And kids, get your battery candles out too. So you can turn those on. Just be careful and mindful of the fire <laughs> and the hot wax dripping down. So come, let us adore him. <laughs> 